You're listening to Hotep Ish with your host, Dewan B. Intelligent Ish Talk, Intelligent Shit Talk, where we balance the profound with the profane. Political satire, celebrity and expert guests, information and entertainment, conversation and solutions. Leave your feelings at the door.
You're listening to Hotep-ish with your host, Dewan B. Intelligent-ish talk, intelligent shit talk, where we balance the profound with the profane. Political satire, celebrity and expert guests, information and entertainment, conversation and solutions. Leave your feelings at the door. information that can be verified and backed up without feelings involved show me something that you dis- that you disagree with what I say show proof of it and there's a very good chance I'll change my opinion my opinions are based on what I can see not my feelings you dig how y'all doing how y'all doing thank y'all thank y'all thank y'all for joining me live. Thank y'all. What y'all talking about in here? What are y'all talking about? Some true seeker, Taz Dollars. I'm coming to get my bike back. That's a funny name. What's up, Alfred Elliott? Yeah, I saw Lamar when he was performing with Kamasi last month at the Hollywood Bowl. I was so happy to see that man on stage. Lamar is too dope to be. Now, I believe, now, make your money, Lamar. I don't want to say this messy money of Lamar, but Lamar was too dope to be playing Robin Thicke. I'm glad Robin Thicke was giving him that paper to play that trombone for him, but... It's great to see Lamar playing jazz with Kamasi Washington. For, for those who don't know what we're talking about, I'm talking about one of my favorite trombonists, Lamar Guillory. Look him up. Look him up. True musician. Yeah, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk a little bit because you know tomorrow is the anniversary of 9-11. So you know this weekend and Tomorrow, they're going to come out with the whole propaganda. About 9-11, about how the world changed forever. So when, when we talk today, we about to talk about parallels between 9-11 and what's going on right now with the Wumpty Wimps 19 vaccine. You dig what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm talking about that vaccine. The Wumpty Wimps whack. 
you know, like we go have a, a whack movie scene, you know. Basically, like anything Cynthia Rivers in a, a whack scene, you know, you know, you, you know, what I, you know what I really mean, you know. Stay off me, YouTube police. Uh, I, I didn't say the words, but Doctor Sinister, they do need to let it go, but they not gonna let it go. They're not. Nine Eleven was a very effective way, an effective means to control our minds. What's up, Goldie? What's up, Dark Neat? I'm gonna take y'all back because some of y'all are young. Other one of y'all, a lot of y'all niggas is older than me too. I didn't notice. I didn't know so many old niggas watched this show until I went to the Gardena Jazz Festival and saw. Black men, my uncles, and my, my dad's age <laughs> in linen suits. Oh, Dwan, you and that's your Craig facts. And your shit, ho tip it, man. Nigga, man, I be wasting your shit all the time, man. What's up, brother? <laughs> I got a lot of that when I went to the Guardian Jazz Festival. So salute to y'all. Salute to y'all, too. So y'all gonna feel what I'm talking about because y'all experienced it, too. And the cats under 30 are going to get another point of view of this 9-11 shit. I'll never forget when that day happened. 9-11. I was in college. 9-11 happened at the perfect time for me. Not saying a bunch of people getting killed is perfect. Never that. My heart goes out to the family members of those affected by 9-11. Always do. But we're talking big picture here. I'll never forget. I was in college taking political science courses when this happened. And it was also in college taking my first debate course and that particular course is what changed my college directory uh, trajectory I said directory trajectory that's when I switched my major to communication studies because after taking debate I was like I'm good at this shit so let me learn how to do this professionally I like this debate shit but I was also in a political science class and we got to break a lot of the things that happened right after 9-11 down in real time from a political science point of view. Shouts out to Santa Monica College. The best junior college you can go to. Shouts out to Santa Monica College. They really set me right and put me and pointed me in the direction of where I wanted to go when I got my ultimately got my degree. If you're going to go to college, you, you young niggas, go, if, if you're going to take that route to college, go to junior college route first at least. Save yourself some money. When you get before your major courses, all those courses are the same. General ed is the same whether you're at UCLA or Santa Monica College. So if you're going to decide to go that route, go to a junior college first. But back to my story. We... I woke up because then 
then that semester in school, I had a 7 a.m. course. My first class was at 7 in the morning, a math class. I like to get in and get out when it came to school. 7 in the morning class, my last class was 11.15. 12.30, I was done with school for the day. Go play basketball at LA Fitness or at Westchester Park or at Venice Beach from like 2 to 6. That was my college schedule. Then party all got then I played the drums for like two different bands and at church. Go to rehearsals from like 7 to like 9 or 10, then party all night. Go to bed at about 3 a.m., wake up at 6 a.m., back off to school. That, that was my college schedule. Three hours of sleep every night. So I said that to say, I woke up right when that second plane was hitting the building. I turned the news on. I saw one building smoking, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on West Coast time. I'm not on the East Coast. So y'all having that shit, you know, in the, in the middle of y'all breakfast and morning and people at work, L.A. people was just waking up. And I woke up, and then I saw that second plane hit, like, God damn. That shit was kind of like, did that shit really happen? So I'm driving to school down a 405 freeway. I'm listening to the Steve Harvey morning show. This is back when Steve Harvey was only in LA. He didn't have the national syndicated program. I'm flipping back and forth between Steve Harvey on the beat, 103, 100.3 the beat, and Cliff Winston over on KJLH, 102.3. And Big Boy on Power, 105.9. They're still kind of going along with they show. Like, yo, we just heard some buildings just hit the tower. But remember this. It wasn't no internet back then. Well, there was internet, but it wasn't on the phone like that. You have flip phones that sent you text messages of who won the game last night. We weren't where we are right now, te technology-wise. So Big Boy kind of going along with his show like normal. Steve Harvey going along with his show like normal, so is Cliff Winston. And then, while I'm on that 405 to 10 West Interchange, stuck in traffic. Well, I wasn't in traffic. It was kind of open at that point. It was still in the morning. People on the news started talking about it. Then I get to math class at 7 a.m. We kind of in a daze, like, what just happened? And then I get to my debate class. That's when school was like, nigga, school's over with. Go home. I left. And then my mom called me. My mom was like, go home right now. There's still some more planes in the sky. My mom's retired now, but at the time, she worked, uh, at, she worked at a government. I won't say the name of the company, but she worked at a company that sends rockets into the sky for the government. She works with the Air Force out here. Not not part of the Air Force, but with the Air Force. She was never part of, enlisted in the Air Force, but a company that contracts with the Air Force. And so my whole childhood at my mom's job, they used to always send up these things called GPS satellites. This is back in the 80s. I didn't know what the fuck GPS was. All my map tutors were people who worked on those early GPS satellites uh, back in the 80s and the 90s. And they were like, it's one more plane in the sky. And I heard it was shot down. That was the original, initial report. 
Now we're talking about that plane that was over Pennsylvania. They later made a movie about it saying that, you know, these people wrestled the plane down to the ground. But initial reports was that motherfucker got shot down. I got took my ass back home. I remember legitimately being scared. I remember being scared. So I'm not talking to y'all as somebody who was, who's always just had this point of view of, I know everything and everything. No, I had to grow to where I am right now through observation, through looking at things happen and asking questions. I've had to go through the fear to understand the fear that so many people have right now. And so that's that's the I'm just that's just being very clear. That's the point of view I'm coming at you guys from. A lot of these niggas like to get on these platforms like this and act like they've always known it all. I'm not one of them. I was scared as fuck. I was scared. And I was kind of mad, too, because, like, the night before, I don't know if y'all remember, but the night before, they had that Jackson 5 reunion. Y'all remember that? That came on CBS, I think, that Monday night before September 11th. I think September 11th was on a Tuesday, if I remember correctly. But they had that CBS special with Michael Jackson, his last time performing on TV. The Jackson 5 had gotten back together. Man, I was hyped. Again, what it wasn't no social media like that back then. We had Yahoo Chat. I was on Yahoo Chat and Black Planet. But it wasn't like how it is right now. So I'm, I'm listening to the morning shows so we can talk about the Michael Jackson performance last night. Then this shit happened. So... I'm in um, Miss Nancy Grass Hemmert's class, my favorite college professor of all time. She was a white woman, a white lesbian at that. Go figure. A white lesbian was my greatest professor in college I've ever had. That's why I've never been into hating all everybody. No. I speak about white supremacy as a system and the people we see, they're pawns in the chess game. Miss Nancy was the dopest white, the dopest teacher I've ever had. And we used to sit down and talk about 9-11 as a group. Mind you, this is a debate class. I had her for two classes, debate and also interpersonal communication. I had, her, I, I had both of those classes. Those, and that's how I ended up switching my major to comm studies because of her. I had a teacher for two classes and we really sat down and flushed out our thoughts about what had just happened. And I'll never forget, I had to do a speech that next that next uh, Tuesday in class. And that speech I gave, I think I saw someone, I saw someone kind of allude to this earlier in the chat room. This speech pissed off so many white folks, but I didn't care. And this is how DeWan Brown found his voice in public speaking. 
this moment. I gave a speech and it was titled the first time I've ever felt like an American. That was the name of the speech. And the black folks in the class, it was like, like two of the black people, they clapped. The rest of the white folks was sitting there with their mouth open because I was always, I was never no coon ass nigga, but I've always been some, I, I, if you know me, I smile a lot. I like to smile. Life is fucking beautiful, man. I love, my two favorite things to do is laughing and smiling. I don't give a fuck what happens on this earth. I'm always going to laugh. I'm always going to smile. Even when shit's down, I'm going to smile. Never let circumstance take away your smile, people. I let it, I let circumstance take away my smile for a few years, few years in my early 30s because I was going through a whole bunch of shit. But overall, keep that motherfucking smile. So they always saw me as sort of non-threatening because even though I was a big black guy, 6'2", 330 pounds at the time, 20 years old. They didn't really see me as somebody that was controversial, but I went and dropped that. And it changed. Like it was, I had a few, I had like a few white folks come to me like, I never understood that. Like why I, I, when you first titled your speech, I was like, what the fuck is this problem? But by the end of your speech, I realized that black people, we really don't fuck with y'all. That's what I got from uh, one of my classmates. And my professor, I got an A in her course. She was like, I got an A in her course. That was a, like the second, third week of school. <laughs> that shit right there gave me an A in her course already. Because she loved it. She loved the boldness I had. Yeah, BG, BG, I was 330 pounds and I could dunk back then. Not now. <laughs> I didn't try to dunk back then too much because 300, touching the rim wasn't, a, wasn't an issue back then. Landing was a big ass issue. That shit used to hurt like a motherfucker. That's a separate story. And yes, I got people, comics and everything that can, that can vouch for that. Back to the story. I was, it changed because I was able to see the power of speech. It changed me through 9-11, through if you stand on, I was like, cause back then I was raised to sort of to be docile, to, to sit back and cause I'm a big dude. My dad used to always say, man, you a big nigga. You can't run around hitting folks all the time. The police will shoot you. My dad used to always tell me that you a big nigga. Niggas ain't gonna fight you. They gonna shoot you. So don't be so quick to react. So that's how I was raised. But you know, when you're in your early 20s, that's when you gotta sort of find things out for yourself. How do things work for you? And that's when I started to become more vocal after that. Before that, I wasn't as vocal. I would just, I would see things, but I wouldn't say anything because I like, I just, I just didn't wanna ruffle any feathers. But I saw then how ruffling feathers could actually change things and make things happen and make things move. If you're in here saying who cares about 9-11, then go somewhere else. 
We're talking about 9-11 today. Much love, much respect to you, but that's today's topic. If you don't like it, I have over 100 other videos you can watch or you can wait to the next show. You dig? What's up, Jerry? What's up, Deep Impressions? But we're talking about 9-11. I'm setting this up because we're going to talk about the propaganda. Then we're going to bring this back down to the Wumpty Wamps vaccine and the fear that's going on around that. How we, there are parallels. But follow me here. Follow me here. Follow me here. If you want to hear about the mandatory Wumpty Wamps, I'm pretty sure there are a thousand people on YouTube right now live talking about that. If that's what you want to hear about. More power to you, my brother, my sister, whoever you are. But this ain't the place. Not now. Okay, so back to we talking about 20 years of propaganda and bullshit about this about this 9-11. So I'm in class. And I really got to see in that moment that you black people really got to see when 9-11 hit. It really showed. We've always known there were two Americas. Black folks, we've always known we haven't been a part of this system. But 9-11 for us really highlighted that. It showed it. It put it in clear picture in 1080p. Nigga, we really is two different nations. And I said is on purpose. What's up, Lady B? What's up, Delano L? We really are two different nations. And I'll never forget that feeling I had. I was like, man, for the first time, I feel like a United States citizen. I mean, I was, I was... At that time, this is my first time really living, not living, but spending a majority of my day in the white world. I was raised in black South Central L.A. Before the Mexicans came. And when the Mexicans came to the east side, I was living on the west side. So I lived in, in I lived, I was around, I had black doctor, black church, of course, all black neighborhood. The cashiers at the stores are black. Crenshaw District was black. Overwrite Middle School, even though it was in Westchester, all black. Westchester High School, in a white neighborhood, but the school was black. So when I'm at Santa Monica College, I'm also having my first, I'm also, um, I just had my first job. So I'm really around these white folks a lot. Also with 9-11, I was, I was actually working in Inglewood at the time, so that's all black. So this time... I'm really around white folks for the first time in my life for an extended period of time when I'm in college. And I had been seeing how these motherfuckers move. And it made it confirmed what my grandmama had been telling me about these motherfuckers, my grandfather. <clears throat> so after 9-11, that was the first time walking through Santa Monica felt like walking through Lemur Park, almost. Like I felt... I never felt that accepted walking through Santa Monica, Beverly Hills, Venice. Well, except for where the niggas were in Venice. Marina Del Rey, 
Manhattan Beach. You always knew that you was black walking through those areas, living in LA. But after 9-11 for about three or four months, about three or four months, niggas, it was like, okay. And the terrorists was Afghanis. The Taliban looking motherfuckers with the tiles on their head. They was the problem, not niggas. From like 9-11 to about Thanksgiving, by the time Christmas came, these white folks was back to being white folks. But from Thanksgiving, from 9-11 to about Thanksgiving, we was all one, like a Frankie Beverly and May song. You right, you weren't getting stopped by the police for a while. None of that shit. And then the world changed. The world changed. <clears throat> By the time America got off of its we are united, we are all one charade, they brought in some shit. And they brought in these laws. I'll never forget. I had a flight I had a flight about a month, a couple months before 9-11. I was playing the drums in church and we had a gig. We had a, 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 a church gig way out in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, 2001. We had a gig in Rocky Mountain. And it was funny too because I got to the airport about 30 minutes before my flight. At a red eye. The red eye left at 11.55 at p.m. I pulled up to the airport at 11.30. And I was on the plane by 11.40. 10 minutes, I was on the plane. Check bags and everything. Our keyboard player got to the airport at 11. 45 and was on the plane at 11.55 and we still took off on time. That was the world before 9-11. The world before 9-11, you could actually walk through the airport, you could park, walk your family to the airport and sit at the terminal with them as they waited on their plane to arrive. Before 9-11, you could put as much cash as you wanted to in the bank and nobody said anything. Before 9-11, you could, of course, they. we know they've always surveilled us. We know that. We're not saying that we're not. I'm not over here being naive saying that they haven't put surveillance on us at all. They haven't always had surveillance on us. But after 9-11 is when all that shit became completely legal for them to do. And you had no recourse to sue or to not admit evidence in the court because it was an illegal tap or whatever. 9-11, that Patriot Act was signed. All that shit changed. The world changed. The world changed. Back in, back in 2001, anybody who looked like Larry Goodwell was an enemy. Anybody with a beard and a scarf on their head 
because it was a possible terrorist. They told us back then that one of the biggest fears in America was that our southern border being open because people from Afghanistan are terrorists. They did that. They told us people coming from these countries are possible terrorists. So if you live in these countries, you can no longer come to the United States. And if my memory serves me correctly, <clears throat> it was like the Sudan. You know, they always got to throw niggas in it. It was like Yemen, Libya, Iraq, Afghanistan. And anybody from these countries was bad. Y'all remember this here? After 9-11, we had this. The Homeland Security Advisory System. And they used to keep us on an emotional yo-yo with this shit. The likelihood of us getting a terrorist attack. And they would put this up. You'll be watching basketball games or watching whatever. And they put this up to shock you back into, oh shit, motherfucker. You better be scared, nigga. You better be scared. These big bad terrorists about to come and fuck you up. Be scared, motherfucker, you be scared. How scared are you today? And I remember the whole time Bush 2 was in office, this shit never went be below yellow. It generally stayed at, from like 2001 to like 2000, until like the 2004 election, that shit stayed at, at severe. Then after Bush got reelected, the shit started going down high and elevated. Then the economy get fucked up because Bush kept fucking the economy up. Bush was the worst president behind Reagan over the last hundred years, if you ask me. Reagan was the worst. Bush was right behind. Bush too. If you're asking me what about Trump, that means your, your ass don't know politics. Bush was a bitch. And this thing stayed here. And every time Bush would get in political trouble, this thing would appear back, would pop back up, elevate it. Like after he got reelected, they stopped showing this as much as much. But then the economy would take a dip. People started losing like the, the, the interest rates was uh was, was getting funny. The, the the housing market was starting to really bubble. I remember when the, when the, when the, when the crash hit in 2006, one of the crashes of the housing market, it was 06, no, 06, it was a slight crash before it started to bubble up again. 
Next thing you know, Terry watch, watch list elevated. They use this to control the minds of the people. Hmm. Hmm. What does that look like? Huh? Huh. You watching the screen? Looks like they're doing the same thing with the Wumpty Wamps 19 whack scene. This country likes using simple imagery and making people afraid of a faceless enemy in order to control the minds of the people. Ain't this the same play getting run over and over again? Is that just me? Is that just me? We'll talk about the Wimpy Wamps waxing a little later. But they did these things to control the minds of the people. <clears throat> I'm, let's look at some of the shit that they were saying back then. Let's look at this Patriot Act. They used fear to push the Patriot Act. They used fear to push it. Because like I said, when them, when them, when them planes, what, what we thought, what we saw hit them buildings, that scared a fuck ton of people. And America was so scared, it was like, whatever we need to do to not have these terrorists come over here to, to the United States is what we need to do. Now, the Patriot Act is something that was around. It had been kind of shuffled around Congress, and it had been under a different name shuffled around since the 80s. And like America ain't falling for no restrictive policies like that, man. I'm not getting into whether or not it was a hoax. Because I don't I don't want this YouTube to file this in that algorithm. I encourage you to go ahead and watch other videos. There's plenty of videos with evidence out there. And you decide if it was a hoax or not. I'm not about to get into that. But I do encourage you to look up those videos that talk about it. And if, you, if you're not, or if you haven't already, and make up your own mind. But one thing about America, America never lets an, 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 an opportunity go. They never let a terroristic event go to waste. 
It's an, it's an opportunity. Never let a tragedy go to waste. That's the American way of saying things. And most tragedies, most things that they do, like 9-11, like right now with the Wumpty Wimps, there's definitely a realness to it. It is very real that those buildings collapse. It is very real that people died. It is very real that the the Smooks Max uh, wax is 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 a thing. It's very real, real that the the Wumpty Wimps has killed a lot of people. That's all very real. All that shit real. The Wumpty Wimps done put a lot of people in the hospital. It's done killed a lot of people. Very real. That's not a that part isn't conspiracy. These things have actually happened. In order to get mass fear, people on a one mass mindset, you have to. It has to be real. You can't just totally create something and lie the whole way through it. It has to have an element of realness to it. Now, how real it is? How real the story is around? 9-11 again I encourage you to look that up yourself how real the story is around the Wumpty Wamps vaccine I encourage you to look that information up yourself but they use those real things to change other things permanently so they ushered in this Patriot Act and I'll never forget, at the time, I was working at the bank. I was working at a bank called Washington Mutual. <clears throat> Those of you on the West Coast know what I'm talking about. They were a very popular bank until Chase bought them out. But I was working at Washington Mutual Bank. I was working there while going to college full time. And working at the bank was a great experience for me because I got to be around money and see how money flowed at a very young age. And once I became a loan officer at the bank, I was able to pay the, my parents got me through my first few years through college. I was able to pay my last two years off cash myself. So I'm always gonna thank my time working at the bank during college to really give me an education. Cause working at the bank gave me more of an education than college did when it came to the game of life. But I remember how we used to be able to take, when, when if a person brought in $20,000 of cash, we just fucking take the cash. You know, person want to open up a bank account, two forms of ID, there you go, that's it. It's very easy working at the bank before 9-11. After this Patriot Act came in, if you start, if a person brought in more than $10,000 in cash, there was a screen that popped up automatically as a teller. It was called an SAR, a Suspicious Activity Report. Now, at, when the Patriot Act got signed, they, they had already sent people around saying if you see someone Donating, if they come in today and they donate $2,000 and tomorrow $5,000 and the next day $8,000, you're supposed to fill out this suspicious activity report. And anytime they bring in over $10,000, it's going to automatically pop up. And it was a form that went directly to the IRS 
talking about how much cash people was putting in their bank. It changed the ID system. The reason why you need a, a quote unquote real ID now is because that was put into the Patriot Act. Salute Quince Randolph in the chat room. Gary James, salute to y'all. Kirk Owen. Look at some of the changes that were made. I pulled up the Patriot Act. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to basically read the table of contents. And then you go back and read this full document because hell, your local congressperson didn't even read this shit before they voted yes on it. Look at this. Enhancing domestic security against terrorism. They, that was basically them telling us all these people that are, with long beards that, that are Muslim are terrorists. So we need to look at all you motherfuckers because we don't know which one is which. Look, enhanced surveillance procedures. Y'all see that? Let me blow this screen up some more. There we go. Enhanced surveillance procedures. Authority to in intercept wire, oral, and electronic communication related to terrorism. How do they know it's relating to terrorism? before they even listen. That was basically their way of saying that we can, it was like McCarthy. And, it, and when this was going on, going back to my political science class, in, in live action, we were equating, we were going one for one. What was going on then with 9-11 with what was going on in the McCarthyism era, era. You know, the era where everybody was a communist? The same shit was going on in the 50s and the 60s. Look up McCarthyism. Now, as a matter of fact, let me see here. Let me see. Is McCarthyism all over again? What was going on with 9-11 and what's going on now? The, the words change. But the meaning behind the separation stays the same. Let me see. McCarthyism. A ferocious campaign against alleged communists in the U.S. government and other institutions carried out under Senator Joseph McCarthy in the period of 1950 to 54. Many of the accused were blacklisted, lost their jobs, although most did not, in fact, belong to the Communist Party. Like, they labeled Paul Roberson a communist because of his relationship with Russia. If y'all don't know who Paul Roberson is, look him up. He was the impetus. He was really, his voice opened up a lane for Dr. Martin Luther King in that era. Because Paul Roberson was the biggest entertainer in the world and he used his voice to speak up for black people. Basically, anyone that got labeled, when, especially when it came down to civil rights and integration and all that, anyone who said anything against what the government said got labeled a, a, a communist. That was going on, they say 1950 to 1954, but 
This shit went on much longer. That was the official er errors of the McCarthyism era because King was still being labeled a, labeled a communist in the 60s. So was X in the 60s. So don't let, you know, whenever you go to Wikipedia, get the information, but don't ever, don't be too, don't ever get stuck on Wikipedia's dates. They always trying to rewrite and the woomity wham shit. So that's what was going on during the McCarthyism era. Same thing happened in 2001 after, after the terrorist attacks. Everyone got labeled a terrorist. People always ask me, Duan, you're long-winded. Why do you always talk so much history? Because all history is a current event. You can't separate the past from the present. They're all one long timeline. And if you don't solve the issues of the past, you're going to repeat them. Mark Twain says history doesn't repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. And that's true. We're not repeating the McCarthy era. We're not repeating the 91, 9-11 uh, era, but it is rhyming like a motherfucker. It's different words, but it's the same rhyme. You dig what I'm saying? Different words, same rhyme. Context helps you understand the present. If someone's telling you a story or trying to give you news and information and not giving you context, well, it's very easy to be swayed. You have to know your orientation and where you are. You gotta always know where North, South, East, and West is. That's why it's called the news. You ever wonder what the definition of news is? North, West, East, South. News. North, West, East, South. They're telling you the reason why it's called news is the reason why that news is an acronym for those directions is because their job in theory is to orient you. Orient today's story with what's going on in the world. That's why it's called news. Now they purposely disorient to orient you. They tell you up is down and down is up and west is east and east is west. That's why you got so many people running around scared because they really disorient you. They don't really tell you which direction north is, but they act like they're doing that at least. That's what they act like they're doing. So if they're telling you these things that are happening, this is the first time something like this has happened and it's the biggest thing ever and you don't have any understanding of context of other big things that happen, it's a very good chance you're going to fall in line and follow what they're telling you because you don't have a context to what they're saying. Shouts out to Larry Goodwill in the chat. That nigga, go, go follow his channel. Y'all see Larry in the chat? Follow his channel shooting the shit. That show is going to be live. It is live. It's dope. Talking about shoes and guns. Two things niggas love. Back to our regularly scheduled program. 
But you see here, the enhanced surveillance that came in after 9-11. International money laundering abatement anti-terrorism. This is what I told you about when I worked at the bank. They started really controlling and looking at everything going on within your bank account. The Bank Secrecy Act and amendments. The anti-money laundering strategy. Hell, I worked at the bank in Inglewood. The people coming to my branch were strippers. <laughs> Those are the ones with all the cash. Hell, even the niggas that was selling weed back then wasn't stupid enough to put all their money in banks. But they did all that anyway. You see here, protecting the border. Removing obstacles to investigating terrorism. The Secretary of State's authority to pay rewards. Coordination with law enforcement. Disclosure of education records. Educational records? Why do they want to know your educational records? They're always going to provide something. They're always going to look you providing for victims. In order to push things like this, they're always going to find ways to give a small group of people, very small group of people, something. But on the news, if you give a very small group of people something, you can blow it up to make it seem like everybody's getting it. But all these things changed after 9-11. They told us we needed all this information because if we don't do this, anybody can come across that border from specifically Afghanistan and do it, do it to us again. Fast forward 20 years. Biden authorizes 500 million more for Afghan refugee relocation. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. What? No, I'm not about to sign up. Allow ads. Okay, I, I, I'll let you motherfuckers have ads here. Baby. There you go, there you go. Biden authorizes 500 million. See, they're allowing ads. Look how, look how, look how slick they are. Trying to buy, I'm, over, I'm in the market to buy some new symbols for my next live drum sample pack. And look what they got. Ask from Sweetwater. But you got it wrong, Sweetwater. I don't play Zildjian. I play Sabian. If they have some Sabian symbols up here, they might get me. But they got Zildjian. So, ooh, but I might need this block right here. I might want to put that block in my sample pack. Hmm. Let me stop being distracted. Them niggas, they good with these ads, ain't they? Shit. I'm over here looking for a new ride symbol. 
trying to figure out which what's my next ride symbol going to be for my next live drum sample packs so i can get you guys a clean crisp sound a different sound in these packs and they got the ads right here god damn back to what we talking about Biden has allocated 500 million in additional funds for relocating Afghan refugees, including applicants for special immigration immigrant visas in response to the Taliban's swift takeover of the country. They went from changing the world and how and how we interacted with the world and taking our freedoms To this, how the fuck? You see how quickly they change? And when I say they, they, I mean the government and the media. They're all one and the same. The media is the government's uh, propaganda apparatus. Don't ever separate the two. Don't ever separate the two. Don't ever separate the two. You know what this reminds me of? Operation Mockingbird. For those of you, I'd rather go back. Because people always want to say, you're always talking conspiracy. Everything is a conspiracy. It's always some nigga with a, with a lisp running around. Everything ain't a conspiracy. Stop with the conspiracy. I don't trust any nigga that don't believe in conspiracies. How the fuck did you end up a slave if conspiracies weren't real, nigga? How the fuck, no matter how hard your aunties and uncles and your grandparents worked, they still ended up in a fucking ghetto? See, some of y'all, y'all parents and y'all grandparents was on a, was on a county y'all whole life. So you understood why you was in the hood in the ghetto. But I ain't got nobody on the county in my family. My grandfather worked and he's still alive, 97 years old. I was, I remember when he retired in 1989. My dad worked and retired. My mom worked and retired. Why the fuck everybody still end up in the ghetto no matter how hard they work? It's because things do conspire to keep certain classes of people down. And I stand on that. Anytime, I, anytime a nigga look at me in the face or and go in the comments and they, they be in the comments of my videos, man, I don't ever make the conspiracy talk. I look at you like a brand new fool. P.T. Barnum said there's a fool born every day and you one of them. Be proud to be someone who believes in conspiracies. Be proud of it. Because if you believe in conspiracies, you could, at the worst case, prove it. You can say, okay, what about Operation Mockingbird? And you know, Wikipedia put the word alleged in here, but how do you put the word alleged in here when they came out and said that they did it? Operation Mockingbird. A large-scale program, the United States Central Intelligence Agency that began in the early years of the Cold War and attempted to manipulate news 
media news for propaganda purpose. In the 1973 document referred to as the Family Jewels was published by the CIA containing a reference to Project Mockingbird, which was the name of an operation in 1963 wiretapping two journalists believed to be disseminating classified information. According to author Deborah Davis, Operation Mockingbird recruited leading American journalists into propaganda into a propaganda network and influenced the operations in of front groups. CIA support of front groups was exposed when the 1967 Ramparts magazine article reported that the National Student Association received funding from the CIA. 1975 Church Committee Congressional Investigations revealed agency connections with journalists and civic groups. Basically telling you that they're was and is because what the fuck made them stop a connection between what gets reported and who's reporting it What's up, Ivor, in the chat room? What's up, Star? See, Wikipedia is always going to trivialize it. But the reason why I brought up Wikipedia because we always have to know how to read through their bullshit. Yeah, hit the like button, goddammit. We got 135 people in here, 87 likes. You gotta know how to read through Wikipedia. They tell you they're they're always gonna tell you what it is, and then in the next line tell you what you didn't just read. But I decide you guys I I, I encourage you guys to go ahead and look up Operation Mockingbird and understand that whatever was going on back then is fifteen times worse now. It's 15 times worse now. But you see how quickly they switch up? It went from these people being the biggest terrorists. They're the worst thing ever to happen to America. America's under imminent threat, imminent danger. It went from that to let's get these motherfuckers 500 million more dollars. Afghan refugees have already gotten more money specifically allocated to them as a group than black America has. What about the terrorism we face here? And remind you, this 500 million is just a down payment. It's gonna be followed up by liquor stores, gas stations, built on consignment, paid for by the government, classes on how to run these liquor stores and gas stations, how to properly do your taxes. They're gonna get all those classes, how to open up a body shop, 
work under another Afghani for about nine months, a year or two, learn the business, and then we'll have $100,000 waiting on you at the end for you to open up your own shop. But these, this money is specifically if you identify and if you came from Afghanistan and if you're an Afghani re refugee. No other group that's not an Afghani uh, refugee can touch this money. Right in front of our face. Went from needing a Patriot Act to root these people out to losing the war to $500 million. And it's going to be the same thing with the Woomty Wimps Waxine 19. It's going to be the same thing. They're running the same game. Right now, the biggest terrorist is anybody without the vaccine. Look at this right here. Get off my screen. Now I don't want to play a video. I don't want to play a video. Them motherfuckers is gonna flag me. Oh god damn it! There we go. Attacking anti-vaccine movement. Biden mandates widespread whoopty wimp shots and tests. President Joe Biden took aim on Thursday at vaccine-resistant America, announcing policies requiring most federal employees to get the whoopty wimps and pushing large employers to have their workers inoculated or tested weekly. Wasn't y'all just talking about last, just last year that Trump was a dictator? This ain't dictator type shit right here. Look at this. Our patience is wearing thin. And your refusal has cost us. Look at what's going on. Now they're saying, damn what was really going on. Even though people... One second. Even though... The Woomty Wimps ain't stopping nothing. The vaccine. 
we're still going to mandate that you do it. And they're making those who don't take the Wumpty Wamps the new terrorists. That's their angle that they're playing. If you're not... Mind the, ignore the fact that we're bringing in all these people in from Afghanistan that we call terrorists. Forget that. They're not terrorists anymore. The new terrorists are people who won't listen to what the fuck we tell them to do. Making it hard on jobs. Making it hard on everything. I think this shows that, you know, that, you know, this this whole people ain't taking the Wumpty Wamps the way they saying it are. Because if the amount of Americans were taking it at a, at a pleasing rate, they wouldn't need to do all this shit. They doing it because a lot of people are taking, are standing firm. And I'm not here to tell you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. I'm not an authority on none of this shit. I'm here to say, trust your instincts. I'm just pointing out a history of doing what I always say they do. Poison the water they, they, and say the solution. I mean, I, something just came to my head. Spanish American War. Uh, what was his name? Hearst. I'm going to Google this. Show you how strong, how strong poppy uh, yellow journalism is. William Randolph Hearst. Y'all know who he is? Hearst Castle. I like going to that house. But William Randolph Hearst was the the Fox News of his day. He was always pushed out propaganda. If you want to know more about him, the movie uh, Citizen Kane was about him. He was so bored. He wrote articles sensationalizing Spanish atrocities in Cuba. And America actually ended up going to war. A short war. But they went to war based off his lies and bullshit. That's when the United States truly, truly understood how powerful they can use the media. It's not as if the United States has always known these things. Like they, they're just some know-it-alls. This country was built a lot on trial and error. But William Randolph Hearst was so good with his yellow journalism, it got this country to start a war. That's William Randolph Hearst. 
That's the power of yellow journal journalism. And this is why Hitler and his regime and Joseph Goebbels over in Germany said that he learned propaganda from America. Because of this motherfucker. So using propaganda to start war is old, is old school business. It's been happening for over 100 years in this country. The difference is with this country that now it used to be a physical war. It used to be that was the Spanish-American War. Then the sinking of the Lusitania as propaganda to start World War I. And really all World War I was about was a fight between European nations to control the fall of the Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Empire were the people that controlled what's now known as the Middle East, North Africa, through Libya, going back over a thousand years, the Ottoman Empire. Ottoman Empire fell because of being undermined by the Western powers. And the United States had a war. I'm not the United States. The, the, Ameri the Western powers had a world war with one another, white on white crime. And the winner of that war were the people who controlled the resources un underground of what was formerly the Ottoman Empire. That's what World War I was about. But the propaganda used to push us into World War I was the sinking of a cruise ship called the Lusitania. Look that up. American history. All history is a current event. We got to understand that propaganda is real. And it's used to separate people. Propaganda is used to create fear of what's called the unknown other. That's what we call that in mental health. Fear of the unknown other. So it got vamped up during the Cold War, during the McCarthyism era. The Cold War. Let's create this big old bad enemy known as communists. Anybody who's identified as a communist is a scary unknown other and we're at war with them. Many lives were lost. Many careers derailed. Many families broken up over the whole McCarthyism yellow journalism. That propaganda lasted for a while. Then the Berlin Wall fell and then the Iron Curtain fell and throughout the 90s, now we were good with Russia and throughout the 90s, you know, the war was, for the most part in the 90s, the war was against rap music. The late 80s, early 90s, they were no longer talking about communism. Now we're talking about the wars against rap music and hip hop culture and how that's what's degrading America. It's those niggers over there that's the problem because they always come back to us. That shit started to wane, started to lose steam because you had too many white kids listening to hip hop during the 90s. Then boom, 9-11 hits. New enemy. New enemy, war on terror. No different then a war on drugs. War. You know, it's nice to keep losing all these goddamn wars. 
War on drugs with drugs still out there. They've been at war on drugs for 50 years. 1971 is when that shit started. 50 years ago. Still losing it. Because they create the problem and sell the solution. Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, these were motherfuckers that the United States were, were funding and supporting in their war against Russia. They gave them the power. They created the problem. Gave them all those resources and then left them alone after they won after they kept Russia out. Didn't follow through with their problem. Created the problem. I mean, didn't follow through with the solution. Same shit. Same shit. But now they're in line to get 500 millions while niggas ain't got shit. So now, terrorism has died down. We're going to... You can't keep that terrorist watch list up anymore because you, if you have the terrorist watch list up while you're bringing in new Afghanis, people are going to have questions. So you're never going to see the terrorist watch list again. So the new terrorists of the anti-vax, the anti-vaccine folks. Look at this. Mind you, a mandate isn't a law. I am not a lawyer, so do not come to me for legal advice. I just know certain things on a surface level. This is, I'm telling you right now, just me giving you surface level information. I'm not a lawyer. Contact your lawyer for more details. But last I checked, a mandate isn't a law. It's just a very strong suggestion. Problem is, if you niggas don't take the suggestion, they're going to they gonna try to put that shit into a law. That's the problem. That is the problem. That is the problem. I just have to go ahead and hide some people on this channel. We're not going back and forth with the bitches today. We just get them the fuck out of here. Thank you, Star, for being on that shit. Star be on this shit in the chat room. <laughs> Deep Impressions be on it too.
I'll be on that shit. But yeah, that's what they do. Create a faceless enemy. The unknown enemies. No faces. If you keep them without a face, that enemy can stay around as long as you want. And you can use them, that enemy, at your will when you, Mockingbird, quote-unquote, control the media. But we're about to open this shit up to y'all. What are some of the observations that you guys have seen? What are your thoughts? And mind you, when you call in, do not use the words. We use woompty wimps. We talk about wax scenes in movies. But I don't know about any, I don't use any V words or none of that. Or C words. We don't use them words. But the phone line is open now. 323-744-7425. Your thoughts on what's going on with this whole 20 years of propaganda Or this wax scene in the movie that we're talking about. Three two three seven four four seven four two five. Charlie P said jab. I don't even use the word jab because so many people are using jab. I just know at some point they're gonna go back and make put that in the algorithm if they already haven't. Everybody's using jab. So I know that's somewhere up in the algorithm. So, so I, you know, I kind of create my own language, and I have a very small channel over here. So I'm not over. I'm not over here. You know, ain't nobody else saying waxing or the wimpy wimps. They don't even know how to spell wimpy wimps. They'll probably try to spell it the way I spelled it in that video, which I spelled like that on purpose. But nah. The Wompty Wamps 19 and the whack scene. It's all propaganda, folks. And But just because it's propaganda don't mean it ain't real. Those buildings really fell. People really died. How those buildings fell is where the question is. Was it the planes? Did fire melt all that steel? Were there explosions? That's something that we're always going to talk about. But we'll never know all the way. What's up, caller? What's your name? Where you calling from? New Orleans. What's up, DeWan? How you doing, man? Happy Friday to you, bro. Happy Friday to you, brother. What's going on? Man, I, I, I definitely want to talk about this 9-11 stuff and the propaganda and how it's... Um, I would say that 
<clears throat> as always, the government is using, the, you know, the way they've used the media to all, as far as um, how it happened, the fact that, you know, the way these buildings were falling and whatnot, them sticking to the script, no matter what the affiliation of the news network, right off the bat, you know, to me always was suspect enough for me to look into it. And that's when I was able to find out about how the, the, um, the fuel from the jet doesn't even melt at a high enough temperature to melt steel. It doesn't burn at a high enough temperature to melt steel. And, um, you know, we obviously what our eyes was telling us was one thing. I mean, it's obviously looked like uh, controlled demolition, you know, and um, I'm glad, though, that over the years, more and more people don't mind saying that it was it was highly suspect what went down but the, just the, the the unfortunate part is is that i've kind of accepted like a lot of people in the chat I, I imagine have is that we're not gonna see anybody ever get prosecuted or anything like that if anything oh, no. help me yeah I mean, we, if anything i just know that you know the the type of people we're dealing with when they need to they all will be on the same page just like with what we've been talking about they all on the same page on why it needs to be done just like they all jumped on the same page like on September 12th when all of a sudden they have all this information and it is what it is they're conveniently ignoring building 7 fell the exact same way even though a plane didn't hit it uh, just a matter of fact it was it, it took it was just a few years ago that I learned about the automatic turrets that surround the Pentagon that were conveniently disabled that already was everything about the Pentagon was already suspect just because them was well, the day before the trillion how many trillions of dollars was announced came up the missing. day before yeah. Donald Rumsfeld announced that right? on September tenth. Come on, man! Just it's I just wish you that they remember, lied better. Do though. you That's remember that that kind of pisses? Do you I remember just wish it was a better? Do you ahead, remember there was a man named Congressman Gary Condit who had his, his assistant had come up missing. And that that was the number yeah. one story of the con all these things were going on. Yep. And on top of that, even back then, the Pentagon has always had a trillion cameras surrounding it. But the only video of that plane hitting it is it's still it is like a couple of still shots they had of the plane. Right. Look, I've been playing flight simulator my whole goddamn life. I got a junior pilot's license in, in the ninth grade, uh, because I used to like flying and shit. Let me tell you something. Uh -huh. A big ass jet, the Pentagon only five stories. To hit it and to get down that low without hitting any other buildings, without look, right. that's it, it would take the most expert of expert of expert pilots, not some motherfuckers who learn how to fly in a Cessna. Exactly. It's it's <laughs> people who believe it. It is no coincidence you'll find them doing other stuff that a lot of us aren't, if you understand what I'm saying. And it's one of them where some people are willfully ignorant, but at least with, with this, because I'm, I'm, I'm a child of the 80s like you, you know, th this right here is just in your face that we there is no limit to how dirty we will get. Because I'm the same person that said, just to get in Iraq, the fact that this government was bold enough not even to plant any weapons of mass destruction. Like, <laughs> right, they were straight comfortable right. enough. <laughs> like, At least plant the motherfuckers. That, oh, they so bold with it, D. I was saying in the chat, with this government, they don't use KY on nobody. Straight dry. You gonna take it, and I'll, I'll fuck with you later if I feel like it. That's how this government is, man. It's a wild place we live in, bro. Real talk, man. Thank you for the call, brother. 
appreciate it, Deef. Enjoy, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Straight, no chasing, no Vaseline. No Vaseline. These motherfuckers, boy. They said them buildings fell. And I can halfway see if the plane hit like in the lower third of the building, lower half where the weight of the top just crushed the weight at the bottom. But especially with that that first one I hit, which ended up being the second building I fell, you see how high up that plane hit? So you mean to tell me the weight of the top fifth of the building was too great for the weight of the top fourth of the building? The bottom, I'm the bottom fifth, I mean? Man, these motherfuckers got game in. I understand being afraid when it first happened because when fear is a motherfucker, when you're not, when you're caught in fear, you can't be logical. It's impossible to be to be logical when fear is leading the thoughts in your mind. But after a few months, after a few years, you had to have start answering questions at some asking questions at some point. Which is why those of us who see through these wompty wamps, we're a little cautious. A lot of us live through 9-11 and ask questions and we see the same pattern happening again. And excuse me if I have questions when I see a familiar pattern. We got a caller. What's up caller, what's your name, where you call? Oh shit, did you hang up caller? Did you hang up? Call on back. It looked like an Atlanta area code. Call back. I thought I he must have hung up. What the fuck? But feel free to call back. What's up, Pete Rothstein? Yeah, it's just one of them things. With all these things going on, you better ask questions. Better ask questions. What's up, caller? What's your name? Where you calling from? Yo, what's up, D? This uh, this Ivor, man. Just checking in, man. Well, how you feeling? Oh, what's up, Ivor? How are things going, my brother? Oh, I can't complain. Can't complain, man. Enjoying this day. Glad you touched on this topic, man, because I was just uh, talking to my my 13-year-old daughter. She had a project yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, in her uh, her Spanish class, and uh, she was basically supposed to tell them about what happened with 9-11, and she gave me her version of what they're teaching in school, and it was interesting to hear that because they still pushing that, oh, you know, the terrorists came and they, you know, hit the buildings and, the, you know, the, the, the narrative that they came up with during that time, and then I started breaking down to her you know, what really happened and then how they, you know, they don't talk about how those IDs mysteriously just popped up out of nowhere. Um, how the phone, I, I even brought up to them, you know, to, to make it relatable, how, you know, being on an airplane, you can't use your phone at a certain height. 
but she got phone calls from people crying, oh, you know, they hijacked the plane. I just want to say, you know, bye to my loved ones. Like, come on, man. This is movie script material. Especially back then. That people ate up. Them flip phones was yeah, not. especially back then. These in today's especially phones. Especially back then. Go ahead. I, no, I was going to say, these aren't today's phones. These were flip phones. These was Motorola Razors, nigga. <laughs> these was Nokia. Right. I mean, borderline Fisher-Price phone. Basically. You know and they want to sit and tell us, you know, I mean, these phone calls are clear as day, and it, it's, it's it's scripted theater, you know. And when I when I said that to my daughter, because she think I'm, you know, she think everything I say, like, you don't believe nothing, Dad. You just this and that. But when I start breaking stuff down to her, and I and I, and I I say something relatable like that, then she got it. I said, you know, everything they put out here, it's only because they want you to hear it. They're not going to give you the truth. They're just going to give you enough that you're going to either run with what they want you to believe or they'll move on to something else. So, you know, 9-11 was the start of them really telling us not to believe our lying eyes and believe what they're telling us. You know, and, you they know, hard body at that. you know, our, our generation. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's just it's deep, man. And and, and 20, to be here twenty years later, I was out working. Uh, I was selling uh, insurance door to door, and I'm going to people's door, and they like, oh, why you? You know, you don't see what's happening. You don't see what's going on. And you look on the TV, and it's on every television, every different. I've seen every different news uh, broadcast station, and they all had these different narratives going on. And you know, even back then, the uh, you you might get the you know. You was hearing people saying explosion. You know, they heard an explosion at this at this uh on this floor. They heard this and that. So it wasn't like the media was even prepared for it. You know what I'm saying? And yep. uh they hurried up and just de- they deleted and got rid of a lot of different things, but you know, it was people out there that was catching on to it at the same time too. And then they also started at that time um showing you different angles of okay, we got this different angle. How did you got different angles? People didn't even have, uh, they didn't have cameras on their phone back then. You know, nope. how is it somebody just aimlessly walking downtown New York and they just, they just film and have to catch it? Like, come on. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with it, man. It's start of, you know, framing our, our, our mental picture for us. But you said something and, very and clear. We just, we've been in the country. It was something I want to go back to that you did, that you're doing. You said you sat down and explained to your daughter. Right. I need more parents to do that. No question. It's too many children being raised by the game. It's too many children being raised by the school and the TV. And if you don't have these conversations... See, I, oftentimes when I'm working, I'm using what you said right there as a teachable moment to the other parents because I, I know I got my background working with families and communication. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of parents don't talk to their children. They only communicate with their children when they're talking at them. Do this, do that. Why'd you fuck up in school? Why'd you do this? Why? The conversation has to evolve from that to just having conversations about things like this. Get into their homework. Get into what they're doing in school. And you can have these kind of yep. conversations because through these kind of conversations, exactly. your daughter's going to remember these stories. 
And when she's your age, when right. when your daughter's a grandmother, when they keep trying this shit, she's gonna be able to tell her grandchildren, even though she wasn't around when this happened, what really happened because she's getting her father's first-hand information. So always remember that. Right. These stories, tell, telling the next generation stories from your first-hand accounts, this can cover a hundred years of communication gap. One of the biggest issues we have as black people is communication gap. We don't talk to each other. Mm -hmm. One generation, you lose, you can lose all truth, all facts in one generation. So with this generation talking to the kids, you know, if you're in your forties talking to the kids and they as 10, 11 in 2000, uh, in 2021 about what happened in 2001. Well, when that 11, when that 10 year old in 2070 is now 60 years old, they're going to be able to tell another 10 year old the real deal based off the first right. end of account. And that 10 year old is going to be able to tell stories. That's how simple it can be for us as a people. If we just get back to talking to right. our kids and doing so, I want to salute you exactly. for talking to your daughter and not yelling at her, telling her that she wrong, she's stupid, she crazy. You sat down and you talked to her. That's what we need as a people, my brothers. I, I salute you for that. No question, bro. And I, I just want to touch on that too, because I also told her, you know, I've been telling her, you know, over the past couple of years to always, you know, listen to what's, what's first being told and then watch for how the narrative changes when they tell you stories about something that happened. Because that, what, what, what I broke that down to her, she's also going to have in her head that when she hears something else, she's going to ask, like, oh, okay, well. And instead of just instead of just running with what, what you're told, you're going you're gonna to have questions. And then if they change, you're going to be like, well, wow. You know, just like with this whole jabs, you know, situation. It, it's, it's, ever, it's forever changing, so that ought to tell you something. You know, something that they're trying to do isn't working. You know, so... I mean, I, I just want to, I just want to plant that seed in my kids' head. I, I do that to them all the time, just so that they become, you know, thinkers for themselves and don't allow, you know, mainstream or whoever to frame their their reality. Because we we grew up in a in a time where, you know, that's all they did. Yeah. You know, from the what from the wildest on. You know what I'm saying? They they frame the whole narrative for us so that we we think we see something, but that's not really what it is. Exactly. Yeah, I appreciate you yeah, calling in, my brother. All right, and I always appreciate oh, yeah, you. Having sure. you and I always appreciate having you in the chat room, man. You have a good day. All right, you too, bro. Yes, sir. No. Uh oh, I almost ended the broadcast instead of hanging up. My bad. I was about to be up out of here. My bad. Shit. But that was Ivory. That was a great call. Yeah, it's very important that we that you talk to your children, man. Like I was looking at. Black folks, we lose so much in information just because we don't talk. We don't talk. My grand, my, my grandmother's father, my great granddad, was in Tulsa during Black Wall Street when that happened. But because of the terrorism that they faced, he never really gave my grandmother many stories. So she grew up not really knowing much. She knew some stuff that she heard but it wasn't a whole lot directly passed down because back in Tulsa, they said if a kid mentioned that that uh, that that war that happened, 
they can get killed. And so because parents didn't want their children getting arrested or killed, they just didn't tell the stories. So a lot of those stories died with that generation. Like it would have been great if, if my great grandfather, Mr. Foster, told my grandmother more direct stories and then she was able to tell me direct stories. Imagine how as good of a communicator as I am, had I gotten my great grandparents' first accounts of Black Wall Street through my grandmother, I'd be able to tell you all kinds of things. But a lot of things were lost because that story just didn't get passed down. That story just didn't get passed down. We got to change that. We got to pass down the stories. Get back to that oral tradition. Passing down information through story. It's always, that oral tradition has always worked for us. Don't let, just because it's not in the book, this European mindset say that. Look, the reason why the Europeans had to come with that, if it's not in the book, it don't exist. We can't trust the oral tradition. Is few reasons. One, they come from a culture of liars. Like Dr. John Henry Clark says, English is a liar's language. A culture of deception and lies. But you can't trust a culture of deception and lies. What's up, Carl? Let me finish this point that I'm going to get to you. They come from a culture of deception and lies. So one, they probably can't trust the information that they're getting. Two, they, not, they have no culture to pass down other than killing and murder. This isn't talking about all white people. It's just telling the truth about the history of the Vandals, the Visigoths, the Saxons, the Anglos, and the, all these different tribes that they had, the Franks. So, but when it came to us, we passed down stories through telling, through, through the verbal. And they try to come to us and tell us, oh, that's not a credible way of passing down stories. Yes, it is. When you're dealing with people who are there, when you're dealing with people who actually have the history and the, and the information. So you got the stories of what's going on right now in America, in the world. Make sure you talk to the kids about these stories. Pass it down. What's up, caller? What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, yes, this is Delano from Niagara Falls. How you doing today, sir? Oh, what's up, Delano? What's on your mind? Hey, I just, I just wanted to thank you for the angle that you came with today. As a pattern, like I'm a pattern watcher and looking at the current whoopty wamp environment and checking those patterns and everything. Today, when, I, when you went back 20 years and kind of connect the dots for these recent patterns to 20 years ago, that's genius. I just want to say thank you. It's opening up my math and my logic when it comes to me understanding these patterns current day. I appreciate so, that, brother. Thank you. Have a good day, sir. You too. Have a good one. Yeah, because look, man, for, for those of you out here who play Madden, we are, I don't watch football no more, but I still play Madden on my PlayStation. It's pattern recognition. You play somebody in Madden, and all they do is run power right. They run power right. If they don't run power right, they run play action deep pass or they run a screenplay. They only got like three three plays that they gonna run. Well, it's no different than the system of white supremacy. The system isn't that smart in a way that it has all these different ways of attacking us. The system 
runs the same play over and over and over and over again. The system just usually waits 20 to 30 years between running these plays, hoping that you forgot. That's why Ronald Reagan was able to win on Make America Great Again, and then Trump come right behind him with the same shit. Because this place got a short memory. What's up, Carter? What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is uh, Ramon. What's going on, Duan? What's up, Ramon? How's it, what's on your mind today, brother? Okay, so I live in Vegas. This is switch it up a little bit. Talking about running the same place. And I was here. I was actually working the night of October 1. Uh, on Amazon. And I remember, you know, driving home and driving under the strip on the freeway and seeing all those cop cars go by. You know what I'm saying? So I was like literally damn near witness the thing going down. But and turning on the news, it was just like 9-11 because the news was fresh. They, they weren't able to create a narrative yet. So you've seen all the different things where people talked about uh, people shooting inside the venue, not just the one dude shooting out of the hotel. That they oh, you mean you about, that dude, right? uh, hold on, let me set the stage up for people who are listening. He's, he's talking about the Stephen Paddock shooting at the Mandalay Bay, that one, right? Yes, correct. And there was a mass shooting. There was a lot of things going on. That's what he's talking about, people. Now, go ahead, brother. Okay, so you had, uh, you know, a lot of news reports as it was going on. You had the lady inside the venue that was like, yo, all y'all about, about to die, right? That was, a, that was a, a big story. Right before the shooting went down, this, this lady was belligerent. She was talking uh, to people inside the venue, cussing people out. All y'all about to die, right? Right before the shooting goes down. Then you have reports people inside the venue saying people were getting shot in the venue by people. Then you got, um, these were all on the news, you know, when it happened immediately. Then you had people um, talking about, oh, there were shootings going down uh, nearby, like the Tropicana, there was a shooting um, out there. I don't know if that was a diversionary thing or not, but all that stuff got swept away by, you know, within 40 the, and then it was just a, a lone gunman. He brought in all these guns and he shot all these people and he was mad at the casinos. And I was like, that doesn't even make sense. One dude busting off in a crowd of 500 people to get back at a casino that he lost, that he lost millions of dollars from. That don't even make sense. No Come sense on, at all. But you're right. That's what they but, did. And that same dude went to my alma mater, Cal State Northridge. And that's a that's a dubious distinction I share with that motherfucker. But it wasn't just him. It was not just him. Exactly. I remember those original reports. They were talking about people were saying they were hearing shooting from two different angles initially. Exactly. And I remember exactly. initially people saying that there were shots being fired from the ground. Like it was like almost like it was some kind of military action kind of thing. It's kind of shit that you was hearing initially. I heard reports about uh, doctors because if you know the strip, you know, okay, there's the Mandalay Bay. There's across the street where the, the venue was, the Route 91 uh, Country Western concert. And then there's a helicopter, uh, executive helicopter pad right there. So there's a, um, you know. Nigga, let's go one step further. It's at the foot of McCarran Airport. Exactly. <laughs> Is literally, if you haven't been on a Vegas trip, that Mandalay Bay is at the foot of the McCarran Airport. Right across the way from it. You're absolutely right. So, you know, and 
it wasn't as big as 9-11, but you look at it, it, it's just the same pattern. One man, a patsy, one dude pulling off this incredible crime. Wow, he was just so smart. Uh, wow, we couldn't catch him. He's a lone wolf. But, you know, when you uh, when your third eye is open, you understand what's going on out here, man. You understand that you can't fall for these games. You can't fall for these different things that they've been setting in our mind, like Inception, so that we'd be uh, ready to fall for their little tricks. But I'm going to get off the phone, man. I just wanted to bring that one up, man. Uh, Route 91, October 1st, especially since that's coming back up yeah, on the anniversary. Up, yeah. Thank yep, you for that call, sure. brother. You, Appreciate it. Yep. Go. I'm glad he made that point. I'm glad he, he called in about that, that issue down in Vegas. Because somebody said in the chat room, damn, like that shit never happened. What's up, caller? What's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, my name's Nico Wormwood, man. I'm calling from Charleston, South Carolina. What up, my brother? What's going on? What's on your mind? Uh, well, I was there when uh, all that stuff went down in New York. I lived in Brooklyn at the time. And I could hear the explosion out my window. And the early footage, you see that the plane didn't have any windows on it. So the whole story is a whole different story from what they're telling. All that footage that was shown early that where you could actually see the plane has been erased or put off of media. You won't ever see it again. But there are, there are some uh, documentaries that do cover it. But uh, that's the, whole, the plan was written 20, 30 years before it even happened. They, they had this whole plan set up. Of course. They needed, a, they needed a reason to go over there and get that black gold. And that's the only reason why it happened. Sacrificial lambs all the time in this society. Real talk. Real talk, uh, man. It's great. It's interesting you right there. So you said you heard explosions. Yeah, I woke up. Uh, I usually listen to the radio about 6 in the morning, one of my programs. That used to be on uh, WBAI. It was like the, the hippest station in New York at the time. Independent, like, you know, uh, run by the people. And uh, they went corporate since. But, uh, yeah, they were talking about it. Hey, man, something just hit the, one of the towers. And I went outside, and I could I could see it from outside. I lived in a high rise in Brooklyn, just across the water. But the second before the second plane hit, I could even see what was going on. There was papers flying across the river, landing in Brooklyn, you know, out of those offices. And the fact that certain people were called, I ain't gonna say who they are. You know, them tiny hat folks. They they were told about it before it even happened. There's documentary attention to that fact too. They didn't show up for work that day. How's that happen? How's that happen? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, check out some of those uh, documents, like uh, Loose Change, if you can still find it. There's one called that. Yeah, Loose Change. They did I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and watch that, man. But, yeah, brother, man. Thank yeah, you for your call. Uh, and your first hey, man. Account. It's good to talk with you, bro. I love your channel, man. I always comment on stuff. Sometimes I get a hit back, but uh, keep on doing what you're doing. Appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. You have a good one. You too, bro. Peace. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. See? He live in Brooklyn.
Don't listen to me. Listen to the man that was there. Listen to the man that was there. What is y'all talking about in the chat room? This weekend, I'm going to be at the Hollywood Bowl. They have, uh, they're going to be playing scenes from the movie Black Panther with the live orchestra playing the music. I love these kind of events from the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait to go. I think tonight, um... We're going to do some funk on this instant ashtray tonight. I want y'all to go ahead and go download my download Mixcloud, the app Mixcloud, and subscribe to Incense and Ashtrays. Subscribe to Incense and Ashtrays. It's all in my Mixcloud. It's all in my um in my link tree below. I'm doing my live DJ set tonight. I'm not sure what time I'm going to do it. But it's going to be sometime around like 7 or 8. Uh, Pacific time. I'm gonna do my live DJ and mix. I'm gonna do some funk. I'm gonna I'm blend some funk with some hip hop and show y'all where the music come from. We're gonna talk some soul music, some slow jams. We're gonna be on that music vibe tonight on Incense and Ashtrays live on Mixcloud. What call? What's up, caller? What's your name? Where you calling from? Oh, it's on me, bro. Yes, sir. What's good, man? It's three day from VA. Three day from VA. What up, my brother? What's on your mind? Hey, ain't nothing, man. Just called to talk about that hibbity dibbity. You know what I'm saying? Well, I couldn't hear you. What'd you say? Called to talk about that hibbity dibbity. Oh, the, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Give, a, give us your opinions on the hibbity dibbity, my brother. Yeah, I was uh, talking to some family and saying, saying as whichever side you sit on, it kind of splits. You know what I mean? It's a dividing division tactic. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's straight up division. Would you agree? I ain't mean to cut you off, my brother. Would you agree? No, I was agreeing. I was agreeing with you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, it's it's a new divider that comes in, and, and it's almost like uh, you know how you got the poor and the rich. It's now it's now the hibbity dibbities and the non hibbity dibbities. You get with I get I I get exactly what you're saying. You feel me? But yeah, I don't I don't you know I kind of lost my train of thought. Wait, but you know what I'm saying I I I just want to say that and, and add that you know I like what you brothers are doing from Craig Fast to Fifty One Fifty, and you're showing folks that. You can do it on your own, and you don't have to conform for entertainment's purpose. You know what I mean? And I thank y'all for supporting because, uh, you know, we wouldn't be able to do it on our own if y'all didn't support, man. So I appreciate you, man. Yeah, it's all love, bro, man. Have a good one. Bro. Have a good one. He made a good point. He made a really good point. You know what I mean? This is. It's more division because another thing capitalism and racism and these isms we need, whether you communism, socialism, all these isms they put out there, what they need for us to buy into these isms is division amongst the people. 
if if we allow them to separate, if we allow them to separate us along these lines, they're going to always remain in control. Always. Like, even with all this talking, I still don't see myself as separated from someone who chooses to take the whoopty whams. You still my brother. You still my sister. Now, if you want to come judging me, I got something for your ass. But outside of that, outside of that, you still my brother. You still my sister. They use these distinctions to divide us. That was a good point he made on a, on a phone call. The new division is did you get stabbed with a jab and you get woompty whams with the boom bams? Or are you just some non woompty whamper? Me personally, if you're the kind of person that you want to divide yourselves among that line, I'm fine with that. That's fine. You're not hurting me. I saw that D.L. Hewley and the comedian Pierre got into it with Vicky Dillard over this shit. Pierre said he got the wounty win. I saw Pierre at the, at the comedy store on Monday too. I didn't say nothing to him. I'm not coming on the improv. I saw him up there at the improv. But I ain't getting into that shit. I mean, like, over here telling people what they need to do because you went to the hospital. And another thing, people who got the wound you went, they're like, well, they told me if if I didn't take the wound you went, I probably would have died. <clears throat> yeah, and they also told us that if we don't get this Patriot Act that's, that took away all our freedoms, we would have had more terrorist attacks. Didn't they tell us that? I mean, right, right after that Patriot Act was signed, the whole propaganda of the year 2002 was... There was a thwarted, uh, there was, there's always a report. There was a thwarted ter terrorist attack that was planned on such and such building that was caught, uh, through surveillance because of the freedom of, because of the Patriot Act. They spent that whole year talking about all these, they spent all of 2002, for those of you who are too young, they spent all of 2002 and 2003 and leading up to George Bush's reelection in 2004 of reporting to us all these things that would have happened had we not had the Patriot Act. If I'm lying, I'm frying. If I'm lying, I'm frying. Somebody asked, what's for lunch today? Your mama's pussy, that's for lunch today. Back to what we talking about. If I'm lying, I'm frying. They spent, I used to watch, I know, I used to watch MSNBC a lot. I told you I wasn't always where I am right now. In them 2000s, nigga, I watched so much MSNBC and CNN. I watch, this is how y'all know. Y'all can Google these names because these people ain't even on MSNBC anymore. I watched Martin Bashir, even though he fucked over Michael Jackson. I watched uh, uh, Harry Schultz. Schultz, I wasn't first, was his name Harry? Howard Schultz? I think it was Howard. This back when Rachel Maddow was new. This back when Keith Oberman was on MSNBC. 
<coughs> Keith Oberman got me watching MSNBC because I liked him so much from ESPN. CNN. There was always a report about a terrorist attack that was going to happen, but it didn't happen because the 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 Patriot Act stopped it. It was always something. Now what's this? Increase in people with the vaccine, hospitalizations and de hospitalizations. Oh, yeah. Because remember, remember, before these vaccines came out, they said that they, they first said it's going to stop you from contracting the uh, the Wumpty Wamp. Then they said, oh, it's not going to stop you from contracting the Wumpty Wimp, but it'll make the plane less severe. You'll probably not be hospitalized. You won't have to go to the hospital. Then people start getting hospitalized. Well, the Wumpty Wimps will help you. It may not stop you from getting hospitalized, but it'll stop you from dying. And the ball keeps moving. The goalpost keeps moving. How do you know what would have happened? You don't. None of us do. We don't know shit. But you got these motherfuckers running around thinking that they better somebody, better than somebody talking about what would have happened. That's how you know someone's bullshitting you when they tell you what would have happened. Ain't that what car salesmen do? See, if you don't get this car, you know, your car might, your car is going to break down in two weeks and you may as well pay Put $3,000 down on this car because that transmission of yours only has about three more weeks and you'd hate, oh my God, you'd hate to keep that car and the transmission goes and you're putting down $3,000 for a new transmission on an old car when you can just give me $3,000 down and get a brand new car. Ain't that how salesmen work? Tell you what would have happened if you don't buy that bullshit. Kurt Gordon mentioned Soledad O'Brien. Yeah, Soledad O'Brien, she one of the main propaganda ones. I can't stand her. I used to love her, too, because Soledad O'Brien used to be on Bill Nye the Science Guy back when I was in the seventh grade. <laughs> I remember when I was in the seventh grade, eighth grade, Soledad O'Brien was Bill Nye's correspondent. And so that's where I first became aware of her. I'm in the eighth grade. You know how it is in eighth grade. You know, mixed chicks be looking right. You know, she a little older one. I got a little plus. Who's this son of that O'Brien on Bill, on Bill Nye the Science Guy? And then, then she hit the news and she ain't shit. I saw her on Twitter basically uh, laughing at someone who died of the, of the, of the Wumpty Wimps because they had a tweet saying that they weren't going to take the wax. I was like, you you call that? You expect me to listen to your side when you're dancing on someone someone else's grave who didn't agree with you over a needle? Wow, okay. 
Yeah, Dr. Sinison, 98% survival rate. I'm good. Yeah, she ain't the only one. Yeah, Dr. Sinison, so did that O'Brien was on Bill Nye the Science Guy. She wasn't on every episode, but like, it'll be certain episodes where <clears throat> they were acting out like there was some a new news story being broken. It was all vignettes and acted out. It wasn't like a live story. But yeah, Solo that Solo that O'Brien was like Bill Nye's uh like sidekick on some episodes. I remember that shit. But yeah, thank y'all for listening again. Get my live drum sample packs. And follow me on Mixcloud. The link is in the bio. I think I'm going to do some live music tonight before I hit the comedy clubs. Remember this. Let me see. What, somebody asked a question. Off topic, but can you explain something? I, I this is one question. You want to know? Okay. Ask your question. You said, can, can I explain something to you that I said on Craig Facts the other day? Depends on what it is. Ask your question. You're right, Gary James. Karma will come. Karma will come from anybody that's being paid. Did y'all see when Andrew Bogut uh, about a month ago, a month or two ago talked about them coming to him and offering the, him money to get people to take the womb wamps <clears throat> And he was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not even a doctor. Why y'all going to pay me to do it? If people want to take it, they want to take it. But I can't in good consciousness take y'all money to give people medical advice, basically is what he was saying. Basically telling y'all that these so-called celebrities that are telling you to take this, they're getting paid to do it. They don't have your best interests at heart. D.L. Hewley, man, that motherfucker been tap dancing for... God damn, what, they, they must got something on his ass as much cooning as D.L. Hewley been doing. Oh my God. This nigga right here. D.L. Hewley been cooning and buffooning for this wax. Like a motherfucker. He said you work for a dealership, but you know it's BS. Yeah, it's BS. Uh, you asked me. You said if I, if you buy a Japanese car, you're supporting white supremacy. Yeah, go look at what go look up what Hitler said about the Japanese, their honorary white supremacists. After World War II, it's the reason why Japan was part of the Marshall Plan and not Russia. They still have blackface TV shows in Japan. The Japanese and the Chinese, they've agreed and conspired not to share our history that they know of their relationship with us in the, in the indigenous Americas. They work together. Just because I bought my car from a Japanese auto, where did Japan, where did Japan make their cars in, in the United States? 
That's supporting white supremacy. But my name is Dewan B. Remember this. There are no perfect messengers. Only perfect messages for those who are willing to pick up the game. I'm out.